You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. This is The Last of Us Spoilers. <laughs> Part 2! This is exciting. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Spoilers, uh, your favorite movie podcast. But today we're going to talk about something we don't really talk about that much at all. We've done one video game uh, previously, which was Uncharted 4. Also Naughty Dog? Also a Naughty Dog game. So we're going to stick with them. And then we're going to we're gonna talk about The Last of Us Part 1 and 2. We're probably just going to go through the story of The Last of Us Part 1 to get some context for Part 2. Uh, but with me today is, uh, my good friend Stevie and, uh, video game aficionado who just recently beat Last of Us Part 2. Stevie, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am not a video game aficionado. Um, <laughs> you're a Naughty Dog aficionado. I'm a Naughty Dog aficionado. That I will admit. You play like every one of them, right? Yeah, I've, I think I've played and beaten nearly every Naughty Dog game, but I will say this. Like, I am not a part of the gaming, like generation that loves Fortnite or plays a ton of online games i love what i call cinematic video games which is a long ass campaign that i can play at my own pace and love the shit out of which is what the last of us does for me so there you go Mm -hmm. and i think uh the reason we're gonna spoil uh this series uh in particular is because these naughty dog games recently are basically awesome hbo shows that you get to play yes it's a lot like watching a movie when you're playing these games and it's very visceral and how real they can be so. it's awesome you say that because craig mazin who uh, wrote chernobyl is the head and lead writer for the last of us hbo series yeah which i'm super pumped for super excited i'm for. sure that's gonna be a debbie downer of a show <laughs> <laughs> real, real uplifting just like yeah. chernobyl uh, but yeah, let's just, uh, start off with, uh, Last of Us, uh, probably remastered, uh, Stevie, uh, when was the last time you beat this game? The Last of Us? Yeah. Um, I beat this game, let's see, my wife watches me play these things, um, uh, what's today, today, I think it's July, what, 19th? Mm-hmm. I would say probably a little under a month ago is the last time I beat Remastered. Yeah, I did the same thing. It was actually my first time beating it. I beat it like the night before part two came out. So I had to get the story in. And uh, yeah, let's just go through the story real quick. Uh, who, who who are our protagonists in The Last of Us? Last of Us, really, uh, Joel Miller is our main hero. It's actually a tragic story because um, it's pretty much the night of his birthday. I think it's like the night morning after his birthday. He's kind of like a seven to five. It looks, I think he's a carpenter or a, um, I think he's like construction or construction something. Construction worker. Yeah. He works in construction of some sort. Lives in the outskirts of Austin, Texas. And this is outbreak day. This is the day that we get the, um, it's called like the CBI or MBI. It's the, the cordyceps disease, which is a real thing, but it transfers from, uh, plants and insects into humans. And, this is a crazy night because Austin looks like it's going to burn itself to the ground. Him and his brother and his do- daughter, who are about 12 or 13, are running for their lives. And what really kicks this game off is um, military trying to kind of, I guess, say quarantine and level off Austin. Um, they won't let Joel and his brother and his daughter pass. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really kicks off the game is his daughter gets shot to death by a soldier. 
And yeah. this is in the year 2013 that all this happens in one crazy night. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you uh, abide by the the common uh, feeling that this is like the the greatest video game intro of all time? Because it's pretty hard hitting and it's a uh, pretty. It's emotional. hard hitting, and what what makes it, I think, the greatest for the simple fact that. This night, I mean, it's not just Outbreak Day. I mean, you could have an Outbreak Day in any zombie video game and it's whatever, you know. But this day really connects you to the from this game even into part two. Like, this night echoes throughout the entire video game. So to me, it's perfect. Because where we start in the actual quest with Joel, you know, when that Outbreak Day, he's in his early 30s, I think. Now, I'd say late 20s, early 30s. And... It really just kicks you off 20 years later. And Joel is just this desensitized, gruff man now. He's not kind of this, you know, heartwarming dad. You know, he's a single father. He kind of seems like your all-American guy. And the man we meet in Boston 20 years later is not the same guy at all. Yeah, he's uh, pretty grimy. Uh, he's like a smuggler. He steals a bunch of shit. He he like the impetus for a lot of his problems is that he double crosses a bunch of people and then they come back and try to get revenge on him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that ends up coming into play in the second game. But, um, he's not a great person. We don't know what kind of, I'm sure he was a good dad, uh, before all of this happened, but now he's kind of lost all hope for humanity and he doesn't really have anything else to live for. And now he's kind of just surviving because he's good at it. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that he's he wants to. I think he's got a little bit of a death wish sometimes, but he's still staying alive. Um, but yeah, we just get the feeling that Joel's not. Um, he's a broken guy now at this point with the death of his daughter. Yeah, he uh, he brought it up a few times in the first game, uh, just The Last of Us, where you know I don't mean to go too far out, but eventually. You know, he's a smuggler in Boston, and that's when we run into this young teenage girl named Ellie. And she's kind of the, I mean, she's the most important person in the world. 20 years later, you know, it's like 60 to 70% of the uh, population is gone. Either they're infected or dead. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no more functioning governments or cities. It's all factionalism and factions. And... Uh, there's no more military anything. It's just a bunch of disbanded factions. And so... Who don't Ellie, even necessarily like each other. Uh, yeah. They like attack each other if they, if they yeah, get too it, close. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, you know, Ellie is the only person that's known of in the world to be immune to this disease. This thing that rots your brain, which you can go into the horrific stages of going from a runner, which is just kind of like a crackhead to a full-blown, you know, bloater and and a clicker. Mm-hmm. It just, um, it ranges from a whole bunch of different places. But kind of like you said, Joel is a very broken man. He is literally, he has no humanity left in him whatsoever. He can no longer see, like, the common man in any other person. Like you said, he's just trying to survive. And what really stuck out to me in the first game is when him and Elliot make it to Pittsburgh from Boston... And this is where all the hunters live, which is people who literally just murder other people and eat them and use their supplies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Long story short, kind of the basis of the story, people in Pittsburgh 
um, revolted against Fedra, which was kind of the quarantine military, because either they weren't getting enough food or they didn't believe in Fedra's uh, leadership, and they had a giant war and killed them all. And so uh, Pittsburgh is just now ground zero for local Pittsburgh people who survived it, and now they're killing all people who are tourists. And so when that guy kind of comes out and tries to stop their, you know, their truck saying, hey, I'm bleeding, I need help, and Joel speeds at him and runs him over, and Joel makes that comment to Ellie, like, I've been on the other side of that coin, which is killing innocent people. Joel mm-hmm. at one point was a hunter, which to me, I don't know about you, Mikey, I think is the lowest faction you can be in, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they don't really take any prisoners they just straight up kill they, they'll kill you they don't there's yeah. there's no like hey i need help it's just if i don't recognize you you're dead mm-hmm. it's just it's a scary place to be in yeah i think it's uh implied that joel did some really fucked up shit along with his brother tommy and then they kind of split off because they had an argument i don't know if we ever find out what that argument is i have to imagine it had to be about the hunters <laughs> yeah it, it was probably something really bad and fucked up <laughs> that they didn't agree on uh, but we'll see Tommy a little bit later. But uh, really, we're we're uh, we're not smuggling. We're taking Ellie. Uh, the plan is to take Ellie across country to this group called the Fireflies because apparently they're working on a cure. And uh, they've recently heard about this girl from Boston who doesn't get infected. She's got a bite and did not get infected. Uh, Stevie, what are the fireflies like? And they're really, really important to like part one and part two. So important. So fireflies to me is kind of like, they seem organized to me. It's like an organized actual militia. They seem like the smartest. They seem the smartest of all the factions between bandits, hunters, eventually the factions we get later on. Um, Fireflies, to me, are the most organized, smartest. And I think they actually have good will intentions for the world, even if it is by any means necessary. Um, And so the Fireflies are... They kind of do the old school thing of, you know, leaving their symbols around town, saying, you know, this is a safe place for Fireflies here. And it's very clear that Fedra hates them and wants them dead. They think of them as like a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, in some ways you could say they are because Fireflies did bomb, you know, quarantine, like checkouts, loading posts, you know, sometimes quarantine zones and they would kill innocent people. But in my mind, definitely had the best will intentions to get the world back to normal. And to Joel, according to Joel, uh, they're, I don't know, not maybe not good in his eyes, but they're at least neutral because... They're wanting this girl and they're trying to work on a cure. And Joel is a-okay with taking Ellie to the Fireflies that he doesn't know. And he's kind of spending a lot of time looking for his brother Tommy to get there so she, so he can take her to the Fireflies because Tommy was once a Firefly himself. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, that's pretty much the a big branch of the first game is, you know, I'm going to get you to my brother Tommy and that's that, you know. Joel and Ellie don't have this great relationship. It's tremendously distant throughout a lot of it. Yeah, you Joel's know? a dick. <laughs> he's <laughs> to Ellie. he's a, he's I mean almost an antihero in the first game. You know. Yeah, well, we can get into that. Uh, I was going to ask. Uh, do you think Joel did the right thing in the end? 
and in the end, of course, Joel ends up killing all of the Fireflies because he realizes that these guys are not going to give Ellie the choice of sacrificing herself. They're just going to kill her in order to attempt to make this cure for mankind. They don't even know if it's going to work. They just know that Ellie is probably not going to survive this medical procedure. And Joel takes it into his own hands to save her from that. And Stevie, do you think Joel did the right thing? (sighs) Okay, so there's... From objectively, no. He obviously did the, the worst thing possible. But, like, I understand why he did it. I mean, he's in a world where he is completely alone and he's a broken man. And throughout this game, what's so beautiful about it is Ellie is the only thing that brings, like, any human out of him whatsoever. Like, he's the only thing that connects him to a world that he no longer, like, seems connected to. Mm. You know, it's just this small little tether. And so when the doc, when... Uh, I think her name is Marlene, the leader of the Fireflies, uh, explains to him that the fungal growth is on the brain. The only way to like reverse engineer a vaccine is for us to remove it. Ellie's going to die. You know, you see it, even the buildup before they get to the hospital, Joel cares about Ellie. Ellie cares about Joel. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? they go through a lot of stuff that ends up we're, – we're just going through the plot of one to get to two really. But they yeah. go through a lot of stuff and it ends up bringing them closer together. They're obviously in danger throughout the whole time. They're saving each other on multiple occasions. And they grow close. Yeah, Ellie saves Joel's life literally by like – he gets punctured. He falls on a metal pole and oh, punctures himself. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And Ellie literally saves his life by like stitching him up, and that's in a deal. Yeah, and it's you know it's a game too where Ellie has a lot of innocence to her, and she gets hardened throughout the game from killing her first person in Pittsburgh, to you know to killing David the cannibal that I thought I thought was going to rape her at a point. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like kind of losing it as well, and Joel really is kind of shielding her from as much as he possibly can. But I made the biggest mistake, Mikey, in this game <laughs> in Salt Lake City by pretty much using all my supplies in the sewers around the bloaters and the clickers. <laughs> so when I got to the hospital, I shit you not, when you have to kill all the soldiers to get to Ellie, thank God there was not a time limit. I spent four hours <laughs> snapping the necks of every soldier I could find. Literally four hours of trying not to die and eventually getting to that room. You got to do what you got to do to save Ellie, Stevie. I think you did the right thing. I think I did the right thing too. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, looking at objectively, Joel did the worst thing possible by, you know, by forfeiting humanity's shot for his own. Mm. But that's kind of the beautiful part about playing this story is you understand why he did it, you know? Yeah, I'll give Joel the benefit of the doubt. I mean... We're walking, we're walking and driving across like the entire country, and there's like nothing left of humanity. And what is left are garbage people. They're terrible people. Garbage people is right. <laughs> In his mind, he's probably like everybody that's left is not worth saving, or like we don't even have the technology to like disperse this. Or you know, cure, are, the, if it even are they works. even going to do the right thing with it? Yeah. So it and he literally just got out of a. a uh, a situation with um, cannibals, so it's like he's on high alert against everybody right now. Mm-hmm. So I can see why he would make the decision to kill everybody, and they really don't leave him any choice. They 
hold him at gunpoint and shoo him out of the hospital so he doesn't... Which I think they were going to kill Joel no matter what. Like, whether, like, you know, they told him, you know, walk away or I'll escort you out. I think they were going to kill Joel. Yeah, probably. But I love that scene where he, like, knocks the gun back behind that guy, mm-hmm. standing behind him, and then he just... He's like, where is she? And then puts two in his stomach and ends up oh, just yeah. destroying the rest of the hospital, the people in the hospital. It's, it's a great scene. You know, it's even when we get to the end too, you know, Ellie wakes up in the car and she's like, you know, what happened? What's going on? And Joel, you know, the greatest lie ever told, he says, you know, there's dozens like you, you know, there, there's no cure. I'm sorry. I know you, you, I know you thought you were meant for something special, but you know, let's just go to Jackson with the fireflies. And I love the scene at the end of this game where Ellie just presses him saying, swear to me, you know, swear to me, you're telling the truth that, you know, my life didn't matter. And he just goes, I swear, I promise. And, you know, the last line of dialogue for the entire game is Ellie, you can, she knows something's wrong and she just goes, okay, and that's that. Oh, she knows it's bullshit. She knows, like, she has to know, like, something deep inside her, like, she's a smart girl, she knows, like, something's not right. But it's a beautiful way to end the first game. Yeah, and I think that scene works even better because Naughty Dog does such a good job of like the cutscenes. It like you can tell mm-hmm. on Ellie's face that she knows that Joel is lying, and that's like so hard to pull off with like facial animations and video games and stuff. But dude, this game is like what seven years old or six, seven years old now, and it's like 2013, still, it's, seven years old. Yeah, yeah, it's still one of the best looking games on a PS4. And it's actually a PS3 game, and they remade it for PS4, but this game is, like, incredible. But that's the end of the of game one. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Maybe gameplay or anything in I, particular? I think as liked? far as third person goes, uh, I I think the gameplay in the, in the first game is flawless. I mean, you can feel how brutal it is. You know, sound is a giant, you know, part of it. Every punch thrown, every bullet shot is just as important as, like, you know, the next bullet you can find. Mm-hmm. It's just the ultimate survival game. And it's one of my favorite games I've ever played. So, I mean, I love it. It's a masterpiece, as they say. Um, I, oh, I think for that's sure. pretty, uh, pretty much the overall consensus of, uh, Last of Us Remastered or part one, at least. Yeah. I don't think part two is seen that way, but let's get into that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, part two, uh, which came out just a month ago, maybe. Um, so we still have Ellie. We still have, uh, Joel. And then we got a bunch of new people because at the end of that game, we ended up finding Tommy and then we ended up moving back to Jackson where he was, uh, hanging out, uh, all that time away from Joel. So, why don't we just start it off with a bang? Joel dies uh, pretty early on in this game, and it gets a lot of people heated. Stevie, how did you feel about it? Okay, so I may be in the minority here, but I think if Joel's going to be in the game, he has to die. Uh, that's the only way I see it. In my opinion, I think it'd be less climactic if he just like died in his sleep or... You know, he got a disease where he withered away in front of, you know, Ellie. That's not the way this world works. We live in a very, like, in the Lost, in the Last of Us world, it's very bleak. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark, hardened, almost psychotic world we live in. And so, like, yeah, I was stunned they killed him. But looking back on it after I finished the game, Joel's character arc ended in the first game. You know, his arc ended. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's it did it, hardly in part two. I mean, I, I think the gameplay you're of as him is you're riding a horse, uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it it just it makes sense for him for me for him to die, uh, especially the way they did it. It makes perfect sense. I mean, don't you think? Personally, I didn't have any problem with. I don't have any problem with anybody dying in this world because it is, like you said, so bleak, and you have to expect that. Uh, the risk that this franchise takes is like, yeah, the people that you like and care about uh, probably going to die. Because uh, we had that with, uh, I think his name was Sam in the first game. Yeah. Those Sam and Sam and Henry. Were, yeah. And there's, it, we don't get to see them for a lot of time in that game, but you end up forming like a video game relationship with them and you see cutscenes with them and you end up liking these characters, but they end up dying too. And it's a really horrible way that they both die i mean and like you said it's super brave because joel is i mean he's not a great guy by all means but he redeemed himself like he's one of the most popular video game characters the past 10 years yeah joel is people love joel and so he's literally like uh an icon for the playstation now at this point he's like a a main character he's almost like nathan drake i mean he's so popular and so Story-wise, it makes perfect sense because his story ended in the first one. He got his humanity back through Ellie. That's his story. Like, it ended. There's nowhere else for it to go, in my opinion. You know, I I don't want to make a generalization about, you know, Japanese pop culture, video games, or even anime, but that's kind of a knock on that is they always rehash the same stories over and over again because their culture loves that. And I think it's super, I think it was really cool and brave of Naughty Dog to say, you know, that guy you love, who you spent so many 15, 20 hours with in the first game, he's going to die in the first hour. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And well, how does he die, Stevie? Who cool. he and how does he die? Okay. So before that, I mean, so he's doing patrol with Tommy, you know, they're out in Jackson, you know, trying to kill infected, sometimes bandits or hunters. And so, um, to kind of get to him, we play as this new character named Abby and she is built like a brick shithouse, my friend. <laughs> uh, I mean, she would kick both of our asses at the same time. It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> like, I mean, she is just pure muscle badass. And so we meet Abby and she has these people she's talking to and you have really no idea what's going on. You're like, why am I playing as this person? And... Yeah, they you don't know, really give you any context for they, when you start off. All as besides, Abby. you know, they're looking for somebody. You know, as we get through Abby and this blizzard's coming, and she's also getting chased down by by runners, which is an amazing scene. Mm-hmm. When you get to run through the mountains and you're like dodging all those runners, it's so cool. But eventually, they make it to this um this kind of lookout mansion lodge, and Tommy and Joel and Abby arrive. And there's about 12 people there. This is literally after Joel just saved Abby, not just knowing who she Just saved Abby. Is. Yeah, not-, not knowing who she is. Just saved her, you know, working, you know, down in the trenches with her. Camaraderie's great. And that's when Joel and Tommy make the fatal flaw of introducing themselves. And everybody just stops. And Joel gives that famous line of, why, do, why does it look like you guys all know who I am? And that's when Abby takes out the shotgun and blows his leg off. Yeah. This whole scene, I gotta, I gotta say, I mean, it is really hard to watch, and the graphics are so good that <laughs> it just makes it even worse. And uh, it's just brutal. It's so brutal because Abby, 
we end up finding out that her father was the doctor trying to perform this operation on Ellie in the first game. And Joel, we play when we're playing as Joel in that scene, we just blow the shit out of the doctor with whatever gun every we time, have. every time, <laughs> yeah, like almost immediately. Uh, so in this game, the premise is Abby is getting her revenge on Joel for what he did, which we have game. no clue that's the case. Mm-hmm. Like we have no clue, and so like, how does how does she do it though? All we're programmed to do is hate Abby, and she wants to torture Joel, um, like really badly. She wants to torture him so much, this, so much to the point that she has her doctor friend uh, make sure that Joel doesn't bleed out from getting shot from his leg blown off. Uh, so she can torture him that much longer. But Ellie Ellie arrives at the mansion. She gets one giant cut in on one of the guys. She gets held down. And while she's being held down, she has to watch her father, her only, her best friend and father figure in her life be, you know, be murdered by getting a golf club cracked through his skull. Yeah, it is just so brutal. It's, it, it's not like a write off in the sunset death whatsoever. It's not like Joel like did it to save Ellie or anything. No, he just got straight murdered in front of Ellie. Mm-hmm. And that's what really propels us throughout this entire game. Yeah, they end up leaving Ellie. Uh, they knock her out so she can't follow them or whatever, but they leave Yeah, these her people alive. just wanted Joel. They didn't want Tommy. They didn't want Ellie. They're like, leave these two. We just want to mm-hmm. murder that man. They have principle, Mikey. Yeah, I think at this point we can assume that they either didn't ask or... Ellie didn't make it clear that she was the girl from the first game to them. Yeah, I don't know if they knew that or oh no, that not they chance. Knew it, it doesn't matter because nobody can perform this operation anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they left her. Uh, in their mind, they probably should have killed her because now, <laughs> now she is left alive oh, only to Bubba. carry out her own revenge story throughout the first half of this game. Yeah, ninety-five percent of this game takes place in Seattle, and my God, is it so much fun! Mm-hmm. Uh, so why are we going to Seattle as Ellie? So Tommy um, recognized one of the patches under the jackets that people are wearing. And it's the WLF. The, I think it was the Washington uh, Liberation Front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Wolves, as we get to know them as later on in the game. And they're based up in Seattle. And Ellie has one thing on her mind and one thing only. And that's to find Abby and her friends and murder them in the most horrific way possible. (laughs) One by one. One by one, murder them in the most horrific ways possible. So um, her and her new new girlfriend, uh, Dina. Very welcome surprise, I thought. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Dina's great. We should really go through a couple of these actors. Uh, Of course, Joel is played by... Uh, Troy Baker, who's like, he's like the Brad Pitt of video game actors now at this who point. Who else does he, does he do John Marson? Uh, I don't think so, but he's like in literally everything else. He's in uh, Bioshock Infinite. He's the main guy in that one, but he's, okay. he's super uh, popular. He's in, within the video game world. Ashley Johnson plays Ellie. Um, she's like beloved in that, in that role. And then the new person... Laura Bailey uh, plays Abby in Last of Us Part Two, so they're all like really like the cream of the crop for voice actors in video games right now. They're all pretty popular. 
Um, yeah, so they're uh, going to Seattle, and it's just like Ellie and Dina making their way through Seattle, clearing stuff out, killing zombies, um, killing more of these faction people, and we really just go through a lot of people before we end up getting to these areas where we have to like almost switch back and forth between characters we're like almost merging stories now at this point as soon as ellie's arc is is about to come to a close we see abby more and more and um we end up making a switch about halfway through the game stevie at, uh, like what kind of critical part in the theater what, what oh it's so critical also you said famous people patrick uh, i don't know how you say his last name fugit or fugit the kid from Almost Famous, he plays Owen. Oh, Owen, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like everybody Yeah, is. the main kid from Almost Famous, he plays Owen, who is Abby's, uh, I guess you could say, uh, kind of stream-along boyfriend, uh, <laughs> yeah. quote-unquote. They really just don't know if they hate or love each other. But, yeah, this is insane to me. So we do three days of Seattle, day one, day two, day three, all distinctively different uh, with Ellie. Like, it's crazy town. All different crazy set pieces and levels. Oh, my God. The one that stood out to me in day one was the subway where you have nothing but clickers and the WLF trying to kill you and Dina. And they light the red red flares. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my God. That's so cinematic. But, I mean, we kill so many people in the three days of uh, Ellie. And one of my favorites, which it was brilliant acting. I mean, as much as a video game could be. Uh, I think her name was um, God Nora. The where they go to the, the hospital. Kind of, yeah, the girl at the hospital. Where yeah, Nora. Where Ellie <laughs> takes her down to level one, which is nothing but spores. And Ellie is obviously uh, she's immune. And uh, you know, there's that great scene where Ellie's like, "You can tell me where Abby is, or I can make you talk." And she comes back to the theater where Dina, a pregnant Dina, is hanging out now. Mm-hmm. She comes back and she just has, I mean, she just looks kind of like desensitized and gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she just looks almost like, um, yeah, I mean, she looks like she just, she's kind of lost it. Ellie, I mean, we should just say Ellie becomes the bad guy of this. Ellie becomes <laughs> this the <game>. bad guy <laughs> because in day three, you know, Tommy and Jesse, the gang's all there in the theater. And it's just tragic because, you know, Jesse's the father of Dina's baby, but Dina's now the girlfriend to Ellie. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesse gets his head blown off by Abby right away in day and it three. it is so quick. And, like, you it don't is. even get a time I mean, to he doesn't even he doesn't even get to do that famous thing where, you know, when I get back to Jackson, I'm going to start my own family business. No. He doesn't even get that line in. It's just, bam, heads off. He was one of my favorite characters too. I, was, I like, like Jesse. Super disappointed with that. I I like Jesse a lot. I thought he had a, the characters in this. The characters in this game have so much depth. Um, I like Jesse a lot. That was tragic when he died. But the crazy thing about this game is absolutely crazy. And this is why I thought this game was just a masterpiece. Is you get to day three and Abby is three feet away from you with a gun between your eyes and it cuts to black. And you go back to Seattle day one as Abby. You are playing as the villain. And it's not like... Leading up to this climactic point. Leading up to this. I mean, it's just so climactic. And it's not like, hey, you know, I'm going to play as Abby for an hour. 
play as Abby for maybe three missions. You play as Abby for 10 plus hours, Mikey. Almost longer than probably you do Ellie. I mean, I, I say it's half and half. Like, it's, I mean, it's such a concept, too. I don't know what your emotions were. My emotions for the th- first three hours of Abby is why the hell am I playing as this person? Yeah. Like, I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get back to Ellie. You know what I mean? How'd you feel about it? Well, this isn't the first time this has ever been done in a video game. Kojima did it with Metal Gear Solid 2, where you end up yep. playing as Raiden for yep. like the second half. So it's not a new concept, but it rubbed people the wrong way, just like it did in Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> uh, and I love Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, but at the time, people really didn't like that because I like Snake so much. And obviously with this, we love Ellie because she's such an amazing character throughout Game 1 and Game 2. And... Uh, but yeah, we end up making that switch and for the longest time I had the hardest time like trying to find a reason to like Abby because we just watched yeah. her murder Joel and one of like, seriously, this is a horrific scene. I'm not doing it justice when she cracks Joel in the head with the golf club, but yeah, especially when you hear like Ellie's blood curling screams. Yeah. There's no reason to like Abby. Uh, no, she in like. You can tell the like the people like and I'm playing it for the second time about halfway through it again the second time. You can tell the people in the lot like not everyone in the lodge was on board with murdering a man in front of a girl screaming no. Oh yeah, like she even turns off a lot of her friends and when she ends up getting back to like their group, uh, everything is like kind of awkward with a lot of them. Like they've all seen Abby do something. She murders a guy. Uh, and not in the context of like, oh, we're fighting to save our lives or anything. She seeks out Joel to murder him and torture him. So they've all seen her in a different light now. And it's kind of like changed their perspective of Abby. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I enjoyed about this game was you think like, you know, it's so cool when Ellie's getting revenge on these people like Owen and Mel to you eventually see Manny Manny's face get blown off. But like you're murdering like Nora, you're murdering these people one by one by one, and then when you go to the Abby section, there's so much like character depth in a lot of these characters. You're like, I'm kind of bummed I murdered this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought Owen, as many, there's no perfect character in this game whatsoever. They're all very flawed people. But like I was like, man, I really wish Owen made it to Santa Barbara. <laughs> I think objectively, Owen was probably like the most good. In the end of all of these as people, as good as you can be in an apocalyptic, <laughs> yeah, like the most good, like on that side, you're like, man, like I'm kind of bummed we murdered a pregnant Mel, even though she was the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of bummed we murdered Owen. Wasn't bummed about Nora. She deserved it for saying those things about Joel. But uh, yeah, it just um, you kind of really. You start to like the characters that you murdered, and it takes forever, but it takes these two characters out of nowhere for you to start to like Abby. Who are they, Mikey? Uh, Yara and Lev, who end up, they end up saving each other and fighting for each other and with each other uh, to get out of... Um, really bad situation on like this island with a bunch of religious zealots on it uh, that, that are the seraphites yeah, or the scars they're kind of off doing their own thing but they will venture into like seattle and kind of fuck shit up with everybody else every normal person uh they're really kind of out there steve what like what's their deal why are they like 
They like don't even try to use technology. Not that there's a lot in this world anymore, but yeah, they don't try. And my God, the introduction, uh, but with Ellie and Abby is incredible with Ellie. When you kind of make your way into their camp and you start hearing the whistling, man, that is eerie. Yeah. Like it is really when you really awesome. don't know what's going on and you really start, cause like the Seraphites, if you like, or somebody who has listen mode on, like I did the first time around. I don't have listen mode on the second time. Um, you kind of, uh, they're hard to pick up on screen, Mikey. You can't always see them. I think uh, they're the hardest thing to fight in this game, for sure. That are stalkers. Stalkers drove me nuts. Yeah. Could not stand it. The Yeah, the Seraphites are just so smart, and they're, like, really good hunters. and Lethal with the bow and arrow. Yeah, they'll always get you before you get them, so you got to sneak up on them and stuff like that. But, yeah, like you said, Stevie, their whole, like, aesthetic of whistling to signal each other it's is creepy, super creepy. It's creepy, man. And it's, it's dark at the time you're playing. They always have torches. Uh, but yeah, they want to go back to like the old world and they kind of have this old lady prophet, you know, let's go back to biblical times, 2013, uh, who, uh, <laughs> before cordyceps, cordyceps. <laughs> <laughs> before cordyceps. I love that. Um, but yeah, uh, she's supposed to be cured of miracles. And what's kind of beautiful about Yara and love is. You know, it, it makes sense in this world. We live in a very progressive time is, you know, Lev, you know, was Lily. You know, mm-hmm. Lily was supposed to be married off to one of the soldiers because that's like the tradition of these, this psychotic cult. Um, and she's like 15 years old or something. Yeah, this. it's it's primitive almost. Um, it's, it's really eerie. Uh, even like how they kill people is terrifying when they hang them and disembowel them. Mm-hmm. Like we see that with Ellie's story and she goes to the TV station, which is one of my favorite things to do is we play that level because you can go all sorts of Rambo with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they do some really creepy practices, but you know, Lily wants to become Lev and the price of that to her and Yara is death. And the only way for the mom to even survive, the mom's not with them is to renounce them and saying, if I see them, I will kill them. You know, it's a really, hardcore stance like group mm-hmm. so Yara and Lev are banished um, Yara's not going to leave Lev on his own uh, and Lev is banished because he ended up shaving his head to more identify as a, a man he wanted uh, to be a soldier yeah and they didn't they didn't like that too much in uh, the Seraphites so they banished them or they're looking for them to kill them um, but they're really not a part of the Seraphites anymore at this point. And then they end up running into Abby, uh, and they end up saving each other and rescuing Such each other. Such a cinematic scene. So cinematic. Yeah, how does it go? Yeah, long story short, you get kidnapped by the uh, Seraphites. And, like, they have Lev uh, in... I mean, do they have Lev and... Do they just have Yara as captive? Her and Abby are captive right now? Yeah, they they have Abby tied up. They're dragging her. They to have go hang Abby her. tied up, and they're gonna hang her. And then they they hold down Yara and shatter her arm with yeah. a hammer. Yeah, it's, it's gruesome. gruesome. And that's when that's when my dude Lev comes and saves the day. You know, kills everyone's trying to harm Yara, and because Abby saved uh, Yara, she's like cut her down. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of have these great sequences of running out of the woods with Infected and the Seraphites. Yeah, it's only lit by like a shitty torch that someone is carrying. So you can't see anything coming at you and there's zombies everywhere. Fucking shamblers, man. <laughs> I hate shamblers. I hate bloaters and shamblers so much. They are terrifying and they make some really horrible noises that are just super creepy and... It's just super anxiety-inducing. <laughs> Honestly, uh, this whole game is, like, terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we this is, like, the turnaround for Abby for me is seeing her protecting these two uh, just not, I wouldn't say unprovoked because she, they're, they've been saving each other for a while or throughout this uh, interaction. But, yeah, now we get to see, like, a good side of Abby and we can kind of relate to her. Yeah, it's, I mean, it kind of balances balances things out. I mean, she sleeps with a taken man who has a pregnant girlfriend named Owen and Mel. Um, but that night, even though it is cheesy, it's not out of nowhere. Um, Abby's been having these dreams of running to the ER, seeing her dad just fresh, freshly uh, shot to death by Joel. Like, she has this reoccurring dream over and over and over. And after she sleeps with Owen, she, uh, when she opens that emergency room door, she sees Yara and Love dead. Like, she sees them, like, actually dying. And that's when it really springboards, like, I need to go back and save these children. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought it humanized Abby in a great way. Yeah. Uh, so, she, Abby ends up going back to Yara and Lev and... The whole goal for a while is to get medical supplies to amputate Yara's arm because, like Steve, like you said, it was shattered by the Seraphites. Shattered! And so she's really getting sick now. Her bones are shattered and going all over the place in her arm. Gain green! Uh, so, yeah, and then that kind of, like, takes us on a tangent of getting to a hospital where uh, we get, like, probably <gasps> the most... Uh, the the scariest uh, probably scene of the whole game is where we fight this big old rat king monster. Stevie, what do you what do you think about this giant monster that we've never seen before? How can anyone not love this game after fighting the rat king? <laughs> like one of my favorite boss battles of all time. Like you knew this at the end of the first game too. When you get a um, God, how do I even describe a? <laughs> flamethrower like when you get a flamethrower you know shit's about to get real and so abby has to go in to get antibiotics in the basement which great friend nora tells her (laughs) it was never cleared out that's where like patient zeros patients you know zero through 60 were when the outbreak first hit seattle and then she's like peace (laughs) and closes the door she's like i'm not gonna go help you deuces and so uh, we get down in that basement, man, and the whole – everything is covered in cordyceps pretty much. And you get these like horrific letters as well, which that's another th- brilliant thing this game does is there's so many stories within the letters. Mm-hmm. Like if you read them, some of these stories could be movies on their own. Mm-hmm. Like even from like Boris the Bow Hunter, which is my favorite story. Yeah, that one was Like cool. did you complete that, Mikey? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Boris the Bow Hunter story – was amazing but back to this um the rat king is pretty much stalkers clickers runners and a bloater all morphed into one it's the final stage of horrifyingness 
Uh, this thing is like eight feet tall and six feet wide. Yeah, I think we have to go in with the idea that like this. Apparently, this is like ground zero where it first began, and this is the hospital where it, it first uh, outbreak started. Outbreak day uh, started. This is at. like twenty six years of mutation. Yeah, so they're all like down in the basement, just like melting into each other or something. And in the end, we get this giant humongous gross monster that chases you and this is where we also learn through the letters that there's still some humanity left in these people's brains um the the person is still kind of in there mikey uh they're writing letters to like their loved ones and like i can't see anymore my head hurts so much blah 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 and then it just like kind of scribbles off and it's yeah there's like still like some human in there uh, it, it's really horrifying. It's also even kind of the sadder part, like when you're killing runners now. It's like they're still kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that Rat King boss fight was so much fun. And it got even worse when that godforsaken stalker broke off. That was so gross. Uh, yeah, he kind of like God. is all goopy and tears himself away. Like, from I can't even the describe the Rat King to somebody who hasn't played it. It's a thing that nightmares are made out of. It's a bunch of limbs all attached to a giant blob. <laughs> yeah, gross. I mean, this thing is twenty six years of melting into each other. It's just horrifying. But um, yeah, it, it. The thing I couldn't stand was. I love to save my shotgun shells for when I need them. Mm-hmm. And it took me seven goddamn headshots to take down that stalker in the second time. Like, I was shooting this thing nonstop, and eventually I was like, there goes all my shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. There they go. Deuces. And you can't be touched by him because he's yeah, you, you, in- he instantly kills you. Yeah, so I went through all three phases of getting killed because I wanted to see what it looked like. Uh, He can either either snap your neck, rip your limbs off, or completely tear you in half. The three cinemas are horrifying, depending... Mm. And it also depends on how you get grabbed. Um, But, you know, this thing is just as fast as a runner uh, with the strength of a bloater. It's it's no fun, but it was very uh, cinematic. I loved it. Mm. And I think, uh, like you said, the cinematic cutscenes where you die is what held like held me off from finishing the first game for so long because I got to the point where you have that bloater in the basement, and it, <laughs> I could not get past it forever, and it just kept traumatizing me seeing Joel's face get like ripped in half <laughs> the way the bloater no, kills you. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that bloater. Um, the great cutscene with that is he puts his hand inside Joel's yeah, mouth and rips his face open. Horrible. And I couldn't get past it, so I've just got this image burned into my mind of Joel getting ripped in <laughs> half there. But so that took me forever to get over to get through that. But uh, and then you had the Rat King, yeah, and then you got the Rat King, uh, which was equally just as messed up. But yeah, this was definitely the scariest part of the game for me. And but it was also like the most exciting because it's just action. You're just making loops in this like little arena oh you're area. running you can't stay still you're running yeah just popping off shots and throwing molotovs at this thing to get it down and then like we said the the stalker guy breaks off and then you end up having to chase him through some vents to go kill him yeah the uh the thing that really stood out in this game from the first one was how interactive the world truly was like I mean, if there was glass anywhere, Mikey, I don't know about you, I was breaking it. 
Like if I yeah. thought anything was inside of a car or a window could be opened, I was shattering stuff. And that's kind of a newer thing for this game too. You couldn't really do that in the last game, but now if there's stuff hidden in like shop front windows, storefront windows, Cars. If you, yeah, if you break the window and get inside, you can find some supplies that are like crucial to getting past some areas because if you're playing on normal, it doesn't give you a lot of resources. This is a survival horror game, and like half of the the excitement comes from like finding stuff. Yeah, yeah, of you hitting your shots because you know you don't have a lot of ammo. I think I texted you this like a month ago. I said, playing The Last of Us this is the first game. I said there was no greater feeling ever than finding a room that says needs shiv to open, and you have a shiv on you, and you get nothing but supplies. Yeah. And then when I learned in this game that there was no shivs that could open doors, I was so bummed. And then I learned that you can break glass on any building you want, and I got so excited. Yeah, there's lots of ways to get stuff. You can break glass. You can crack saves. Crack saves. Have you tried cracking them without looking for the clue? You can just do it by ear, and it's so much fun. <laughs> what? You can just listen for like the, the click. It sounds just a little bit different, but it's really awesome when you unlock it without using the code so it's there's lots of different ways to get supplies in this game and i think that's a fun part of it it makes it many yeah i just uh i mean i think you probably played the same way i'm real ocd about moving along in places if i think there's supplies still out there oh so yeah. i did the I, whole I like the map. through a corn maze thing of just following the wall and going around the whole room <laughs> to find everything in it because it, this game will be very hard if you have no bullets and no Molotov. If you're not a collector of things, you're not finishing this game. Yeah. Like, especially now that you need to find, like, I mean, you could find manuals in the first one, but, like, you need these manuals. And you need uh, the, the vitamins or the pills, whatever, that makes that the supplements, you better yeah. abilities and stuff. Like, all of that stuff makes the game so much easier once you start upgrading stuff. Um, oh, and then, of course, like, upgrading your guns and stuff, which... which is so cool now where you get to work on the workbench and you get like all these cool animations of Ellie and Abby tinkering with their guns, which is pretty cool. Those animations were great. And by God, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I'm obsessed with bows in the last of us. Like I have to shoot a bow and arrow. Like the bows are so much fun in this game. The bows, the fact that like, I'll have to send you a screenshot of, I did a lot of PS4, like, uh, photo modes, mm-hmm. but the animations from people getting hit with exploding arrows or just the crossbow <laughs> are amazing. Yeah, like, there's a lot of awesome stuff. A lot of awesome just weapons. Just amazing. Now. But the, the addition of the crossbow with Abby was just that was a chef's kiss, my friend. That that weapon is amazing. Mm-hmm. So where are we at now with Abby? Uh, I guess we Abby has to pretty much see you know all of her loved ones die. Uh, you know, all of her friends pretty much get murked by Ellie throughout the days, mm-hmm. you know, while also, you know, traveling along with Lev and Yara. So now Abby is back on her revenge uh, quest to stop Ellie from killing any more of her friends. I mean, all of her friends are dead now at this point, And Abby is now like defending herself and she's trying to get the jump on Ellie at the movie theater. She tracked her down. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is Abby is on an Island. The WLF want to kill her. Uh, the Seraphites want to kill her and Ellie wants to kill her. Abby kind of abandoned everything to, to uh, take down Joel 
uh, and it, she lost everything in the process. Yeah, I mean, this really, she, I mean, it's a tale of revenge, but yeah, she really lost everything. And so, God, I texted you, I shit you not, 20 minutes before this happened, I remember <laughs> saying to you, like, do you remember this? Yeah. Like, I, I texted you, I said, Yara better not die. No more than 20 minutes later, because I just feel it in my bones, Yara dies. <laughs> and the thing is, all of these people end up dying, like, so unceremoniously. Like, it all happens so quickly, like it would in this world. You don't have any times to react to your friends dying in this world, because you got to keep running. Yeah, there's no, like, you know, poetic last words or, you know... Yeah, there's a great sacrifice with Yara, who, you know, killed uh, Isaac, thank God. Isaac, cool character that we don't see enough of, played by, uh, God, that guy from from the James Bond movies. And No way, that was Westworld. him? Yeah. His name, uh, Jeffrey him. Wright? Yeah, they barely used him. I was so disappointed. I th- Okay, now that you say that, that totally makes sense. I could hear his voice in everything. Yeah. Yeah, why, why wouldn't they use him more? I mean, Isaac was kind of a horrifying character, and you think about it. Yeah, it's so... It's, pretty much just abby and lev uh staring down abby and uh tommy with guns no more jesse's got his head blown off but god i was so bummed in that boss seat in the the that boss uh fight in the theater i did not want to fight ellie no. and plus she's so quick and if you the thing is if you get touched by ellie because you upgraded her so much in my mind uh, throughout this game she kills you in one shot mm-hmm yeah, you gotta kind of you're like creeping around in the back of a, a stage play theater, and you gotta kind of like get the jump on Ellie and knock her down, and then uh, you'll get this cutscene of just beating the shit out of Ellie, and then eventually Dina, and it's pretty gruesome. I mean, I think you end up like popping Ellie's shoulder out, and Dina gets an arrow, and then oh my gosh, we get the the moment of uh, Abby with the knife at Dina's throat and Ellie saying, stop, she's pregnant. And then Abby with the line of good or something. She's like relishing in the fact that Dina is pregnant because her friend Mel or pre or supposed friend Mel uh, was also a pregnant (laughs) woman. Supposed. (laughs) Was also a pregnant woman who Ellie murdered. Um, so there's Ellie didn't know she was pregnant. She didn't know. No, but there is uh, like a lot of parallels to like all of these, both of these story arcs. Like both had pregnant, both have pregnant characters on each side who are in grave danger for a lot of it. Both lost father figures. Both have this revenge quest for each other. Just both are the most dangerous women on the planet with a knife or a gun mm-hmm. or a bow. Or a bow. Just so dangerous. Yeah, so I think uh, the whole point of the game up until this point is to show that every action has an equal and opposite reaction, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Ellie is out for her revenge. Her revenge is to kill Abby for her revenge against Joel. And uh, they're just kind of antagonizing each other throughout this whole thing. And Abby ends up getting the jump on Ellie in the movie theater and really has her uh, dead to rights. Uh, but Lev steps in and thank God 
Lev, uh, the voice of reason for so much of this game on Ali, on Abby's part, uh, really kind of saves a day for everybody here. What is what does what uh, Lev say, Stevie? Oh, God. I just beat this game, too. I'm playing it again. I totally forget, Mikey. Uh, just uh, It's really just like, don't kill Dina. She's... She really doesn't. He really doesn't say anything other than just stop Abby mm-hmm. or something. But at this point in Abby's life, Lev is all Abby has. Uh, there's nobody else for either of them. Yeah. They don't have any factions anymore at this point. So this is all they have. And Abby doesn't want to lose Lev, so she complies and doesn't kill Dina and lets Ellie off with the hook again. Uh, this time, knowing that Ellie wanted. Revenge that great line. If I ever see you again, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Like it's that it's that great line that she throws out there. She also says, you know, she says to Tommy and Ellie when she has them dead rights, you know, we could have killed you and we let you live. You wasted it. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was such a great line to throw in there. Like it made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you wasted it, which it's kind of true. You know, it, <sighs> Ellie knew the story pretty much. Like. She knew the story of what had happened. It just, you know, it sucks. Yeah, and Tommy is also pretty hurt in this process, too. Uh, he ends up getting, I think, like shot through the face or the eye, but he's not dead somehow. Face shot. Yeah, he's not dead. He's got like a bullet in his leg or something, too, I think, or an arrow. So he's pretty banged up after this whole situation. And uh, some time passes. And then we end up getting to the farm with Dina and Ellie. They've kind of moved on at this point from everything that's happened. Uh, moved on in a sense of like Ellie still has PTSD from <laughs> Abby beating the <laughs> shit out of her and seeing Joel die. Uh, but uh, as far as we can tell, Ellie has no like intentions of going back after Abby at this point until Tommy shows up. And what does Tommy say? Tommy... I mean, you don't really recognize it until you actually see it. Tommy says, um, a couple of months ago, I talked to somebody who traded, uh, you know, these two people that resemble, you know, Abby and Lev. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to a couple traders and they said, you know, they're in Santa Barbara. They're right here. And Dina's not having any of it. You know, she she's had Jesse's baby right now, JJ, which I imagine stands for Jesse Joel. Um, or Joel Jesse, other one. Jesse Jr. or something. Uh, well, I think I think uh, Neil Druckmann ended up saying Jr. was not one of the Jays. So it is probably Jesse Joel or something. Jesse, yeah, something like that. And, you know, Dina explicitly says, you know, get out of my house. And she states to Ellie, you know, don't do this. You know, you do this, you're you, going to lose me. You do this, you're going to lose me. And... By God, was that not an empty threat? And oh my God, was Santa Barbara just kind of... I thought the Hunters were pretty horrific. The Rattlers are way worse, man. The Rattlers really have no regard for human life anymore. <laughs> they, Whatsoever. So we're in Santa... I mean, yeah, go ahead. We end up first getting to Santa Barbara and then kidnapped as Abby. And that's like our introduction to the Rattlers. Abby goes there with the intention of like reconnecting with some lost fireflies or maybe there's like rumors of fireflies that was like the dream that owen was always pitching was fireflies are in santa barbara yeah you know there's there's always money in the in the banana stand (laughs) you know it's one of those things always fireflies in santa barbara (laughs) 
<laughs> but that ends up not being the case. And in my interpretation is that those guys were using, I don't know if they were fireflies, but they're using the name of fireflies to lure people there and then basically kidnap them and enslave them to have them work on Do you, this farm that they have. I think it was, I don't think they ever were fireflies. Do you remember this happened in world war two? Um, this is one of the most evil tactics the Nazis ever did. I mean, all, all Nazism is evil. Obviously this was awful. They, I think it, they, I forget what the town was called, but it was supposed to be a town in Switzerland that was like, this is a safe haven for Jews, you know, mm-hmm. come here. Mm-hmm. But really, it was a death camp. Mm-hmm. Like, when they got there, it was immediately, like, seen as a death camp. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, I think that that's what this kind of reminded me of with the Fireflies. Yeah. And they're really just using the people that they capture to work on this farm. And they're not feeding them, I think. And they're really doing a lot of work to keep this faction of the rattlers like alive and well stocked and stuff and i think they're like being used as bait in a lot of ways for for clickers and stuff like that too but yeah i mean everything that happens in santa barbara from this point out is really kind of gruesome and horrible like it's santa barbara is a wasteland yeah they're running slavery Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a brutal scene uh when you know Abby and Lev get kidnapped. It's horrifying. And then that is the last time we play as Abby. And then we take over again as Ellie on her way to Santa Barbara on the trail of someone who sounds and appears like Abby. And that's who she's looking for. And then we get to Santa Barbara and we kind of fight our way through a bunch of clickers and traps and some rattlers. Some shamblers. Yeah, just... Uh, oh, there's a bunch of shamblers in Santa Barbara. That's a fun little area with like three shamblers or something in a house. Oh, in the house? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I did not. I, I thought I was bummed when like the nail bomb was gone. Oh my God, do I love those trap mines I put in this game. <laughs> like when you like upgrade the trap mines too for them to go off at such a distance, it is so much fun, especially with the shamblers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's really... Uh, specific ways you got to take out some of these, some of these, um, these infected types. And what works best on like these bigger ones is like throwing Molotovs at them. But of course, that makes them fiery and even more scary <laughs> when they're chasing it makes them angry. You. Yeah, it just <laughs> makes them angry. And then you can blow them up, setting mines. And then I love using those exploding arrows. That seems to work pretty well. Um, but yeah, there's shamblers are probably the scariest. Scariest thing besides a rat king in this game. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't, I don't know if it's. I've seen so much hate for this game on Reddit, but I actually really enjoyed the Santa Barbara section. I thought like, is it was just kind of I wouldn't say almost cathartic, but like to go through nearly fully upgraded on everything and just taking people out one by one in the town to me was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I, I had no regard for their life whatsoever, even though it's a video game. Like, they're slave traders. I had no regard for their lives whatsoever. So I was doing the most heinous things possible (laughs) for these people to die. Like, I I think one time, like, I started doing it in Santa Barbara was I would take a shotgun and blow off their knees and then just do even equally horrific things like put an arrow through their head or light them on fire. (laughs) Like, yeah, Santa Barbara was a whole lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the last, like, hour or two, it's just kill everybody to get to... To Abby. Abby. Yeah. So 
Uh, I think through like context clues or like uh, Ellie overhearing stuff, she ends up finding out that Abby's at this camp, and then we murder everybody to get to Abby, and then uh, we get this this final standoff where Ellie ends up rescuing Abby and Lev from like a crucifixion or something. (laughs) Yeah. Abby's like being tortured in like a crucifixion type type. They cut her hair, man. They cut her hair. They shave her hair. They string her up on this pole. She no longer has muscles. No, she's wasted away. She's got nothing left. I mean, she's like pretty much on the, on her deathbed at this point. And Ellie ends up saving her. And you think that's going to be the end of it, uh, but Ellie cannot forgive and forget. She tries to get her revenge one last time. And how's that fight go, Stevie? Okay, so, like, man, I thought, like, Seattle Day 2, I couldn't, I mean, even in Jackson, I couldn't wait to kill Abby. That's kind of the beauty, beautiful part about this game. I, like, didn't want to fight Abby at all. Uh at the end of this game. Didn't want to fight her. Just, I was like, you know, I was like, gosh darn it, Ellie, just let the girl go on her boat. Both of them have like one foot in the boat that they're planning to sail off in. And Abby's like, yeah, I got it. I got to kill this girl. (laughs) She turns around and tries to fight her. Just like let her, let her take Lev and leave. And Lev is nearly dead. Just there's two boats. Let her leave. But Ellie can't do it. So there's this horrific fight where you stab Abby a hundred times. Uh, it, it's just awful. And then Ellie's nearly about to, uh, drown Abby. And that's when we get the, uh, I can't remember exactly how they laid it out. I think actually, no, this was afterwards. Um, she lets Abby live and has like a nearly psychotic breakdown. Uh, she's like, just go, just go, just go. And, you know, we see this girl, you know, 30 hours ago, we wanted to kill her in the worst way. And we get to this point where it's like, thank God that, you know, Ellie let Lev and Abby leave. But that's what propels us to, you know, we go back to the farm and Dina really held up her part of the bargain and said, you know, if you leave, you're losing me. And the house was gone. The house was empty. Mm-hmm. You know, everything but Ellie's room, which had all of her albums and, you know, vinyl and, you know, music posters and guitar. And that's when we get what I thought was the mo- single most powerful scene of the entire uh, of the entire game, didn't you think? Are you talking about the scene with Joel or the the scene, scene with Joel? The last time they ever talked. Yeah, and then it's intercut with this her trying to play this guitar after losing two fingers to Abby, mm-hmm. like biting them off, and it's just like <laughs> such a, a kind of a heartbreaking way to tell us as the player that like. Joel is definitely dead and everything that we've like learned from Joel that's good is now we can't do anymore. Like Joel taught Ellie how to play the guitar, which she loves and she can no longer do that. So it's like really the death of a character permanent, permanent, permanently. Like he's, there's nothing left of him, I guess. It's yeah. pretty sad. I just, uh, I loved it, you know, cause Throughout the game, there's so many flashbacks, and that's, you know, Ellie and Joel finally have that clash it out heart to heart saying, you know, yeah, you really were the cure, but I couldn't lose you. You know, I, I, I lied. Here's where we're at. I'm sorry. And him and Ellie 
hit a rough patch for years. Yeah, they weren't talking to each other for a long time. And in that flashback, uh, is Ellie trying to make amends on her part with Joel. It's just so heartbreaking because, you know, you can definitely tell Joel's not the same person without Ellie. And I just love that scene where he said, you know, if God gave me the chance to go back, you know, in time and in time back to that moment, you know, I'd do it all again the same way. You know, he just he's pretty much saying, I love you. It would have happened the same way no matter what. There's nothing we can do now. And the acting is so good. Like you can tell it's so good when Joel is like you know, crying when, yeah, when she finally Ellie forgives says, him. She says, you know, I'm going to try to forgive you. And that's where it was really heartbreaking about letting Abby go is it was really her forgiving Joel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like her letting Abby go is really her forgiving Joel. So I thought it was just such an awesome way to end the game. Yeah. And then the very, very end uh, is Ellie leaving everything and her guitar. Joel's guitar, leaving it behind. Uh, leaving it in that house. And then we see her through the frame of the window just kind of like walk into the forest on her own and that's real credits on last of us part two so what do you think she's doing do you think there's going to be a part three and (sighs) dude if we can get a game with ellie lev and abby for some odd reason they come back into each other's lives i would be so happy do you think it's in a revenge plot way do you think ellie now has absolutely nothing to live for besides well that's what I almost think. It's like, uh, you know, what does she have to live for? Because Tommy is no longer the same man. Like, she can't... Ellie can't... It's like she can go to Jackson. Tommy is not the same person whatsoever. No. And that was really kind of hard for me to see, too, because Tommy was a really good person in part one. And through most of part two, he even goes out to do this revenge plot for the most part uh, to prevent Ellie from going out in the beginning. Yeah. And then... His wife, is her name Maria? or Maria leaves him, yeah. Yeah, Maria leaves him because he comes back all fucked up. He is obviously hurt. Um, and Tommy, uh, he <laughs> really tries to put pressure on Ellie in that scene to, to go after Abby because he can't do it anymore physically. He's... He's really messed up physically. He's, he's not nearly the fighter he was. And that's like the sad part, too, is like that scene where Tommy's talking to Ellie after Joel's death saying like, you know, you don't understand if it was me or you, Joel would stay here. He wouldn't do it. He would want to, you know, protect the people he cared about. He wouldn't go out and do that revenge thing, which in my mind is true because we never heard that story about Joel going to kill that soldier that killed Sarah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we were never told that story about, like, you know, after Sarah's death, he went out and found the man and, you know, he felt better after revenge. No, we never heard that story. So I think Tommy is telling the truth. So to see, like, Tommy is just this physically and mentally broken man was tough to see because, right, he was kind of a beacon of, beacon of light in the first and early the second game, too. Yeah, so everybody that we uh, knew, uh, I mean, a lot of all of the side characters now besides about Tommy and Dina and JJ, the baby who we didn't know through most of the game. Uh, everybody else is pretty much dead on both sides of on Abby and Ellie's side. So there's not much to live for in this world. All is they there? really <laughs> would have is each other. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So I guess that's the end of Last of Us Part Two. We don't know if there's going to be a Part Three. They left it ambiguous, just like they did at the end. There's got to be. Dude, this is one of the highest selling games of all time. Yeah, I don't think they can go back from it now. I think. I think uh, the sales will will prove otherwise on whether or not they make a sequel to this game. Um, but we can speculate on that maybe later. Uh, but would you you got any last things you want to say? Like uh, maybe things you like, things you didn't like. Your last yes or no or yeah. Uh, the gameplay of this game is so gosh darn smooth. Um, I mean, there's really a thousand different ways for you to complete a level at any moment. Uh, it's just all around the gameplay. The the design of it is so fluid. The interaction with everything. I mean, it's just perfect gameplay. I thought the story was incredible. Um, yeah, this is... I mean, gameplay is... My God, does it expand on the first one, which I thought was fun. But this is just ten times better. And the world is so large. I mean, it's not just it looks big, but it plays big as well. Like, there's a lot of places to go. It's not quite open world, but it is big. Uh, yeah, it is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of, like, Metal Gear Solid Five, where you can do a level or an area pretty much any way you wanted. And mm-hmm. the way you move throughout the level is pretty similar, too. You can not, like, prone and sneak and... Oh, prone is awesome. Assassinate people and yeah. all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, there's a lot of awesome ways to to play this game. Um, what do you think about the story? What would you rate the story? I, 10 out of 10. Yeah? I would say yeah. gameplay, 10 out of 10. Story, ugh, it left me... I don't know. Maybe it's just because of like the crazy times we're living in, but it was just such a, a dreadful story <laughs> that it like almost turned me off at some points with how dark and gruesome it got. But it does get dark and gruesome, doesn't it? Yeah, but that is this world, and I think that's uh, kind of what you have to sign up for when you're playing these games. So I think that it's just really hard to like Abby in the beginning, but you kind of end up doing so later on. I don't know if it's, that's why I gave it a 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. just for the simple fact that like it, it makes you hate her so much, but at the very end you're, you're rooting for her in that knife fight. That's like Mm -hmm. what I thought was so cool about it. So that's why I give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy game, and it got ended up getting leaked in the beginning. I don't know if you saw those leaks, so that I kind refused of, to look at them. <laughs> that really ruined it for a lot of people, and I think a lot of those people just were making judgments uh, before they even played it. I which, think a lot of the a lot of people that gave it low ratings didn't play it. I really think so. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to be obvious by what happened on Metacritic. It got review bombed. And there's no way that these people could finish the game and get the whole story before. It's a 30-hour game. Yeah, it's a long game. You can't finish it by the time those reviews are are sent up on Metacritic. So it it just got all of the hate from the get-go. And somehow it's like still breaking all of these records and uh, getting all this praise from all of these uh, different video game magazines and websites about the incredible story, the gameplay all of this stuff uh and it's just kind of like beating it all down uh all of the hate and it's still crushing sales and everything like that so it's kind of amazing how well it's doing despite those really important leaks those were i can't even under understate how important those leaks were but it shows 
Joel dying, and that was probably what two, three months before the game even came out. It really kind it was of like a month. Yeah, yeah. It really, I was really kind of worried uh, about what was going to end. I worried for a good reason because obviously the internet is a cesspool and they kind of uh, blew up on everybody at Naughty Dog, but it was all for not because the game is great. Yeah. Do you want me to give it a yes or no? Can you already tell? (laughs) I think you're going to say yes. Uh, Yeah, this is the hardest of yeses. This is my favorite game of the PS4 generation. Um, I can't like, it's hard for me to describe how amazing this gameplay truly is. And just, I mean, how much I hated playing as Abby in the beginning to growing to love her and the Lev and Yara story to where we ended up to where I was rooting for the villain not to die uh, by the main character who you wanted to kill her in the beginning. So, very cool. Uh, I think this is, you know, better than the first one, but that's just telling you how amazing I think this game is. So, hardest of yeses. Yeah, I'll agree. I think this is probably the best looking ps4 game um that's gonna be on this console i mean this thing looks fucking insane the cutscenes are crazy the direction the blood goes when you shoot people is incredible oh and every time you every time you kill somebody in this game it's like they're screaming out for a name or they're like screaming in agony and everything is like so visceral and kind of horrifying they really like kind of set the mood for how dark this this world is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like we said, the gameplay. I I love stealth games. This game lets you go through any way you want. If you want to be loud uh, and just blow people up and shotgun your way through levels, you can do that. We didn't even talk about like all of the accessibility features, which lets like even blind and deaf people play this game, which is fucking mm-hmm. insane. I don't know. Did you try playing with like uh, the the bad vision mode on, like the blind mode? No, it's crazy. Like everything is gray besides you. I think you're like shaded blue, and then all of the enemies are just bright red, and you can go through the levels just like seeing nothing but like enemies and taking really? them out that way and resources that you need are highlighted i did see the 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 resource mode that they're pretty much this giant blink going off saying you know i'm here Mm -hmm. yeah it's really crazy what uh they did to make this game playable by like so they also made it so you can play it on survivor you can take the uh, hud out where there's like no aim Mm -hmm. like you're like you can make this game as hard or as easy as you want you can walk through this game how easy it is you can make it through all of these features or you can make it like the hardest game possible uh it's really kind of crazy yeah i hope neil Druckmann listens to this i don't think he needs anybody to tell him you know how amazing this game is but yeah uh you guys made what i think is the greatest game of the past decade so hats off to you yeah so that was last of us part two uh we don't do too many video games here at uh spoilers podcast but if this is something that you liked, uh, maybe we can do that with more of these cinematic type games. I don't know. Maybe we're not doing not- Fortnite. No, we <laughs> will do uh, more storyline based games. And these Naughty Dog games really lend themselves to that because they are just pretty much HBO shows that you get to play. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun talking about video games like this and especially for this podcast so i hope you guys liked it and if you want to hear more you can uh just tell us or email us or uh 
tweet at us. Hit us up on the gram. <laughs> yeah. Pap's always sliding in those DMs for more suggestions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if that's it, Stevie. Uh, we can sign off here. Toss it to Spoiler Man. All right. Well, all I got to say is that was spoilers. Thanks for listening and take it away, Spoilers Man. Spoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. That was Spoilers.